Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Michael, so pitchers and catchers report this week. They should. They reported, right? They reported. They're there. <laughs> In spirit. Well, okay. So the news is spring training no earlier than March 5th. No, come on. March 5th, two weeks away? <laughs> yeah. Ain't going to happen. Like, why, why, why tell us March 5th? Like, come on. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's so funny. It, it is really funny. All right. Fantasy impact, though. Are we feeling ready for drafts? I mean... I'm I'm all tied up in this MLB stuff. No, and it's hard. It's really hard to put together a good draft board mm-hmm. for this. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to go with um, continuity teams, um, just good teams. I think that's going to be the thing. I'm going to just kind of wait towards good teams. Aforementioned, Whit Merrifield. Sorry. <laughs> I I think I'm going to. I'm going to ride or die for this. Everybody, what they got in 2021 is what they're going to get in 2022. It's going to be your theory of the case this year. Yep. Okay. That's currently all I can do. We don't even know what team a bunch of the guys going in the first round are going to be on. Yeah. Where's Trevor Story? Where's Freddie Freeman going to be? Where is Freddie? Freddie. There's, okay. That was great. Those two guys that are ostensibly going to get picked in the top 10 that we have no clue what team they're going to they're play They're not getting picked in the top 10. That's the problem. That's going to be the second round. There's, teams are going to be made or lost because of that oh, kind I'm gonna, of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to love that. I'm going to love that. If if you're telling me that I can get Freddie Freeman after pick 15. Oh, like if then, you're on the shoulder in TGFBI for 15, 15, 16, and you grab. Story Freeman. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. I called it right here. It, there's no way. There's no. Okay. Fine. This is great. This is a great prediction because I think they're both going to be gone by 15 for sure. In TGFBI? In TGFBI. ADP of 15 point, of uh, uh, 14.5. Under 15.5. Yeah. Yeah. Under 15.5. No, you're saying yeah. under 14.5 because you're saying they're going to be. No, picked. I'm saying under 15.5 because they need to go in the first round. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, ADP. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to be arguing about mean, median, and mode. A pretty <laughs> all but, the time, yeah. But I'm sure it's okay. I'll take that. I'll take the the over on. Wow, wow. I guess I'm even more worried about uh, pitchers that don't have a that that we don't know where they're going to land. Right. I'm actually I'm more worried about that than I am about hitters. Totally. I sort agree. of know. I sort of know what Freddie Freeman's going to do, no matter where he lands. You know, I sort of know what Trevor Story's going to do. I mean, I'll I'll adjust. If a little Freddie bit. Freeman lands at Boston, it will be. I will be happy. Boston Braves. But pitch, <laughs> pitchers, I have no clue. No. That's so dependent on their team. It is. It, and it's the guy. What if somebody got, gets signed by the Twins? Got, oh. What if they get signed by the Twins? Oh. They're going to blow out their uh, UCL in a somebody, cold, cold. Somebody that we game. like. Yeah, with no warm-up. Somebody that we like is going to get signed by the Twins probably because this is what they do. Um, they you know rent someone somewhat down on their luck. 
for and does it terribly and, and then goes to another team and does better. Exactly. I don't know who it's going to be, but that's probably going to happen. Well, good luck with that. You want to talk about fantasy? Yes, let's uh, let's pivot here. I was thinking, uh, you know, with all this Lord of the Rings stuff, and we read books last year, actually. Yeah. Uh, three full books. I was wondering, should we think about some reading assignments to get ready for September? What do we have to read, though? The appendices? It's the appendices. Okay, the appendices. Not even the Silmarillion stuff? Well, that's what I'm debating. That's why that's why I'm leaving it open. So I think the appendices must read. The Silmarillion, you want to pick and choose, skip around, whatever you want to do. I had been thinking that we I was going to suggest this too, so I guess we probably have to. And it is probably the appendices, which I have not read in a long time. Though we should Me probably too. read the Silmarillion section on the Second Age. When was the last time you flipped to the appendices and just like leafed through them? I, it has been a while. I mean, the Silmarillion is much more made for that. The Silmarillion exactly. is much more like opening up uh, King James and being like, let me go to boom. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we should put together some stuff. We should look around. Maybe some uh, maybe some listeners have ideas too or something. Yeah. Yeah, come in. If anybody want, had, had decided that they had a reading assignment, go ahead. Email us. We'll do it. Uh, all right, let's do let's do EPL. Uh, we had an okay week, two of three. Yes. Southampton, Chelsea did well for us. Uh, Tottenham, and I'm going to come back to that in just a second because we had somebody get off our stay away list. That's actually the thing that we should be leading with. Dun, 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 dun. Brentford, nice. Got beat by Arsenal, so they're off. So we can officially pick them. I'm advocating that we replace them with Tottenham because I do not know what's happening with that team anymore. I don't know. I, I had been thinking Newcastle might be the one that we have to put down, put on that list because I don't know what's happening with Newcastle. I'm okay with that, but I'm really disappointed because they played Brentford this week and I really wanted to pick Brentford. I, I really want to too, but I think that that's a fool's errand. All right. All right. We'll save Tottenham. Tottenham, you're on the bubble. You're on notice. I'm thinking Crystal Palace over Watford and Chelsea over Leicester. We can. Do, I mean, Man City over Everton. It's got to happen. They're gonna like put twenty on Everton for losing. Man City, Everton, Liverpool, Leeds are both are both right there. Um, is there anything else interesting? Anything else that interests you? I do like the list? Crystal Palace. I like Crystal Palace. And I like Crystal Liverpool. Palace plays like twice this week. Do you they like them versus Watford? Or do you like them versus Burnley better? No, Watford's first. Burnley second. I like them versus Watford then. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And I think we gotta gotta keep going with Chelsea. I feel good about this. I don't think that we want to do the Chelsea one. Man City, Liverpool, and Crystal Palace. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit of updating to our predicting plate appearances, and just trying to figure out where to go from here. And I I could use use a little bit of input here. Uh, right, top line. We are a week away from like actually needing projections. Yep. Um, I can give you rates. Our rates are actually posted. I can you can you can search the the rates per players on our website right now. But the ingredient that we're missing is plate appearances, and I really want to make a closed loop system. Uh, so I have a first draft of projections for plate appearances here, and I'm going to talk you through them. So. I last time I talked about this two weeks ago, I presented a theory which was okay. We should just start with exactly what they got last year. Absolutely, and yep. that is honestly that's a pretty good assumption. Like, is, is, if start. you look back over, if you look back over the years, not too bad of an assumption. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do statistically was to quantify the uncertainty 
that you, the uncertainty bands that you got on certain players from that, um, okay. which is what I did. So, so I also, I also folded that into this. So if you say, if you wanted to say, look, I think that's fine. I don't want to go into more detail than that. Then I would tell you here are the, there's, I'll give you the distribution that it's statistically likely they're going to fall between this plate appearance distribution. But this gets to something that I'm trying to figure out, which is, is that useful? Is it useful to have uncertainties on our, to quote uncertainties on our plate appearances, or is it just annoying? Yeah, it, it's helpful, but it's, it's, it's not. I mean, because, but yeah, I, th I think it is helpful to, to quote that. But I think the problem is that we start to make noise once you actually, you yeah. want to know all those vectors. But then as soon as you're actually, it's displayed to you when you're like drafting you're just like get, hide hide these columns in my spreadsheet because i don't care agreed so here here's the current okay let me just give you then a single top line result which is that the the certainty that we have that they're going to get a certain number of plate appearances increases as a guy has more plate appearances so for instance if a guy had 650 plate appearances last year mm -hmm. the uncertainty is actually pretty small um, for the most part, he's going to get between 600 and 700 plate appearances this year. That's almost certainly true, except for 10% of the time, he's going to get 300 <laughs> or fewer. Right, and the fewer. reasons for that are myriad, but for the most part, they are health-related. Pr principally injury. Um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty rare that a guy goes from daily 600 plate appearance use to 300 by choice yeah by manager's choice right like you know <laughs> not I kinda, by their own choice clearly not yeah. their own choice i kind of looked through i kind of looked through the guys that did that it's all it's all injury questions there's not a whole lot there's not a whole lot of other reasons yeah so so i just want to say that i'm actually doubting some of our methodology because i don't think it's useful for me to say well jose altuve's uh uncertainty bracket Uncertainty band actually goes down to 300 plate appearances. There's a plausible path for him to get 300, only 300 plate appearances this year. That's fine, but is that useful for your drafting? No, because what, what we really want to have, what what we really want to present is this is all things being equal. This player plays a reasonable uh, number of games, not more than like one uh, IL stint. Um, yeah, this is what we're predicting him for. And then you be the judge if you think that the player is going to have a massive injury this year or if he's going to have a nagging injury all year. Mookie Betts, I'm looking at you. <laughs> okay, so is, is, that the, is that the philosophy that we should operate under? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that we want to fold in the like, well, here's a chance that they might actually only get 250 plate appearances because they're going to be out for the second half of the season because I don't think that's useful for for people that's not useful for me I don't I, I would rather know like this player could go down to 250 because he's Albert Pujols and and might just <laughs> hit the point where the nobody wants him to be on the field because he's too old exactly but but this is for Joey Votto not for Albert Pujols sorry I, I actually, yeah, exactly. I actually had a, I had like a, a crisis of purpose this week while working on this I because know how that goes. I suddenly thought to myself, like, is is there a point to this? And well, okay, <laughs> is there a point to doing this? Is there a point to doing this preseason? And 
to some extent, no, because I thought about this before and it's like all the information that I'm folding into this model comes from 2021. Mm-hmm. Unless I have external knowledge that tells me that something's going to be different for their circumstance than 2021, why would I ever think that they would get something different than 2021, than exactly what they got in 2021? Um. Well, uh, well, for the play, the, yeah, who are, who are we trying to target here, right? Is it the top 150 guys? Because they're probably... Most of them are probably going to do the same thing they did last year, but it's the 150. It's the like guy in, who's 120, who didn't play all the games or was batting mm-hmm. order number eight at the beginning of last year, and then ended up being batting order number three at the end of the year, and is going to continue. Kyle Tucker, you know, could he could he end up being the number three hitter for a good team this year, and would that change him? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't really know what's going to happen within this year. Do I? Would I love to project him for 500 plate appearances? Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's by no means a guarantee that he's going to get that. No. Oh, but okay. But let me let me take a step back. So two things. I'll I'll stop being pessimistic in just a second and actually give you some results. But my my pessimism actually ends in the sense that as soon as you start to tell me what's happening in 2022, I will have better information for you on plate appearances. Like, give me a week's worth of games, and I will have a a pretty good plate appearance distribution prediction for you. I can tell you, is this going to match their 2021 distribution or not, with very few games. Well, that's what we, that's what we need to do then. We need to actually have this going actively. And I'm... Bingo. And to be clear, that is... We've talked about that a lot, and I know that the... The way this works in terms of programming is that you are the one who is going to put together the algorithms. I am going to put together the application programming to make sure that this is yes. this is happening on a uh, on a regular basis. Yes. And so, anyway, my crisis of this week was just like, why am I doing this preseason? This is not helpful. Like the best thing that I can tell you, honestly is that they're going to get exactly what they got last year, and here's how certain I am about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's essentially what I can offer you right now. But then after week one, I'm going to be able to tell you, this doesn't look anything like their 2021. I can tell you immediately that their projections are going to be wrong. Well, I think that's good. I think that's what we want. I do too. Okay, so the secret Rosetta Stone to this all is something that I realized this week, which is this first figure that I gave for you, Okay. which is... Pretty brain dead, actually. Let me just let me just try was, to describe it. Let me see if I can describe it, and then you can tell me how I'm how I'm wrong and how you, I should be. You alt texting here for me? Right. <laughs> sure. All right. So we have realized plate appearances as a function of mean batting order, wherein each observation has a distribution, which would be one sigma. Yeah, it's one, one sigma. sigma outcomes. So we have a little dot. And then we have a little line around it, and one might say that the uh, the data ink is uh, not proportional here. But okay, we'll 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 go, <laughs> we'll go around this. Okay, and Python s- default, and then so you know. that's a default. Then you've got a model here that runs basically from like seven eighty on batting order number one. Oh, 680, my my apologies, down to 420 at batting order number nine. And that that model describes pretty well from like batting order two to batting order five. 
but there's a whole lot of outliers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are. How'd I do? That, no, that's that's pretty good, right? So, so realized plate appearances here is code. Realized plate appearances here is code for how many is twenty twenty one plate appearances. Okay, so what I did was I took for every for every guy that got um, that was actually ostensibly a batter, <laughs> which is I think um, I think this is every guy that appeared in that started sorry in more than fifty games this year, um, which basically gets rid of the pitchers who are starting thirty games. <laughs> Uh, what I did was I look, I calculated the mean batting order position for a player. So I, so I weighted basically each batting order slot by how many games they started at that and said, and looked at where they fell in this distribution. So for instance, you have guys that are always number one with Merrifield, right? With Merrifield is like his mean batting order is one there is no you know they're like there there's no 1.01 there's nothing else he just bats one yes right and there's yeah exactly so i looked at that and i i realized if you actually fit a a maximum likelihood model to this there is a statistically detectable trend in this figure as a function of where guys batted in the mean order and where and how many plate appearances they got in a year sure of course so so I decided to try and exploit that to figure out, um, to try and figure out whether, um, to try and make a, a model to project those guys that we actually think something might be slightly different this upcoming right. year. And so, because I, I wanted to do better than than just predicting exactly what guys got last year and said, okay, well, there should be some regression to some mean. What does that mean? This is the best mean that I've been able to find. So my new default assumption is, okay, if you're batting first every day on the average MLB team, you're going to get 680 plate appearances. Okay. Or more, more or less every day. You know, you're basically an everyday player. What's really interesting is that this, this actually works reasonably well for these guys that are down at fifth through ninth in the batting order. Because if you, um, if you actually ask how many times does the ninth place position come up to bat during the year it's way more than 400 times it's like 580 times or something Mm -hmm. on a typical team but what this is telling you is that okay if you're a guy who's actually your mean batting order position is number nine you're not playing you're not playing every day yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. you're not playing every day yeah so we're actually using this as we're actually using mean batting order as a indicator of how frequently a guy plays right and it turns out the higher up the order you play, the more, more likely, likely it is you play, play every day. day. Yeah. 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 It's a positive feedback loop. If you're higher yeah, up in the batting order, you are going to bat more. Yep. And because you're batting more, you're going to bat higher in the batting order. Exactly. And if you're batting lower, and what's, where is that break even point? Is it like six? Is it somewhere between five and six? Or it's like. No, oh, the break even point's way higher than that. It's like three. Like you got to be batting like, like you actually have to be batting like third in the like mean position third oh. in order to in order to break even i guess that makes against... sense because four and five is such a like you can be on the you can be a platoon hitter who bats four a lot yeah and only exactly four, only for sitting against the other you know the other side of the platoon exactly i see or five or you're protecting your regular if you're on a good team and you have four hitters then you're 
batting five protecting yep. the guy batting four. Okay, I see. I mean, they're, bas- they're basically, there is no such thing as an everyday six hitter, <laughs> right? Like that, like there kind of is an everyday five hitter, but but rarely on a few teams. There really aren't though. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as, a, as an everyday, really no such thing as an everyday once you're past cleanup yeah. in any of these. Right. And I, so so this actually is the, is the first order correction to what guys got last year. So the model now is what you got last year regressed back to this mean. So it's it's how many plate appearances you got last year, and then I brought it back towards this distribution. Okay. And it actually, so I, I ran this for 2021 in the sense that I used the 2020 data and, and asked in 2021, and I can get tighter distributions relative to the naive district rather relative to the naive guess so the naive guess being i got the same number of prorated plate appearances in 2021 as i got in 2020 Mm -hmm. the answer is that's not actually so you can actually do better if you regress back to this batting order mean okay so we're doing that and that's about it the problem that i have with all of this is that when you regress back to the mean you're never going to you're never going to match the exact distribution that we're going to have at the end of the 2022 season in the sense that somebody is going to get 700 plate appearances. But I'm never going to project someone in this model. I'm never going to project someone for 700 plate appearances. We would have, so we, yes. And, and to be clear, we're not doing the thing that everyone that we're playing against does when they, when they, when they do these predictions, which is to manually fiddle at the end of it. Like Todd Zola has said, like, yep. at the, he's like, I, I, I put together my numbers and then at the end of it, I do, 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 move around, you know, which is what we'd have to do to actually get past what the machine, what the machine is able to figure out. For us, I think it's, it's a question of whether you want to be statistically accurate overall or whether you want me to give you the best possible prediction for Whit Merrifield. So looking at Whit Merrifield, he's our he's our number one plate appearance projection for 2022. We have him projected for 660 plate appearances, <laughs> and for yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about we'll talk offline if we want to do a lot of tinkering. But I like this. This is this is good progress, and I think that the bigger piece of this is yes, the purpose is we put out a number, put out our on our uncertainty, and then we. Um, what we really want to do is be able to use this for next year to like be able to track players and say, this guy is trending in the wrong direction. This guy is trending in the right direction. If you agree, I'm going to generate our predictions with these plate appearances. And I will say, you know, big caveats, trust the rates. Don't trust the plate appearances as rock solid. And then as we get into the year, I'm going to update these as we find out, Hey, Whitmerfield's not batting first every day, which would obviously be bad for you, but I wouldn't like that. No. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what we want. We want, I would love to be able to present like every every Sunday morning, like here are five players that are going up because they're played appearances, and here are five players going down because they're played appearances. You got it. Let's do it. All right. I think that about brings us to the review session. Marcelo Mayer. Marcelo Mayer was drafted in 2021, so he is just like. A pandemic baseball player. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what it <laughs> as is. As far as I can baseball. tell. But I watched his I watched his package from the draft uh from draft day, right? And they were they were talking about how 
uh, well, he's actually, he really didn't have that many scouts at his games because it rapidly became apparent that he was going to go in the top five overall. <laughs> so so only teams that, that picked him in the top five or that were picking in the top five were there. Uh-huh. Red Sox got him at number four. And I'm going to say, I like him because the number one comp that they're offering is uh, this is what Christian Yelich looked like at 18. Oh, so hey. I'm I'm seeing a guy I'm seeing a guy who might be might be in my future here. Oh, maybe. Uh, talk, we're talking distant future, right? He's drafted out of high school in 2021, yeah. so we're talking a few years off. But as far as I can tell, everybody's pretty excited about him. He's got a big frame. Yeah, that's well. That's what they were saying, right? Six three one eighty looks a lot like Yelich, right? <laughs> like and Yelich took forever to actually fill out. Yes, and so five years from now, I will be raving about Marcelo Mayer. Yeah. He's also like a, man, is he like a SoCal guy? I know, I know, I know. His look is, his look is so good in that front. Oh, man. So I think, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot to like about him. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mostly happy that we're, that we're ending our, our shortstop set on him in the sense that I think he's, um, I think he is someone interesting he's, and worth. These last few guys have been like you can see that they have a path if they can stay healthy, they they can be players. Well, I'll talk. I mean, I'll talk about them. I was thinking about that we should probably do a prospect summary of these guys at some point because I was looking at ESPN and ESPN posted their their prospect their overall prospect list and a bunch of the guys in the top twenty are guys that we just talked about <laughs> in the past yeah. five weeks. Yeah. Right. It turns out shortstop is incredibly deep at pros- on prospects right now. It, no, it, but it always is. That's a, that's a, it's a feeder the, position. The problem yeah. because it is the defensive position where all the like best players go. It's like you know high school quarterbacks. It's like oh they're all high school quarterbacks, yeah. so they end up being wide receivers or even tight yep. ends or, or cornerbacks. But they were yep. the best player in their high school, so that's where they went. Yeah, exactly. And so so I think we're seeing. I think we're we're definitely seeing some of that, and I think, but it's actually interesting because if you, I was watching some of his fielding drills, and he seems like he might, Marcelo Mayers specifically might be a guy who sticks at shortstop. Like we watched some of those other prospects, it All was right. pretty obvious, yeah, that they're gonna move. He <laughs> right? uh, he might stay in the he'll stay in the infield probably. Is that good? I mean, like thinking about this Yelich comp, I'm actually. Well, I don't know. Yelich was injured all the time anyway, and he played in the outfield. So Corner infielder, is there a, yeah, <laughs> like. Would it have been worse? I mean, I'd love for these guys to move to third and like stop having to run around. Like third to be third to be great for him to just beef out and he could it doesn't it doesn't look like who was the guy that we talked about last week who just had a cannon. He doesn't it doesn't look like he has a cannon, but it, he does just flip it. He just so cal casually, like I was on the surfboard this morning, guys, and like right now I'm just playing some <laughs> baseball, it just flips it over to first base. It looks like it's effortless. So it was uh, Noel V, your boy. Oh, Noel V, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Oh, I'm excited to watch his future unless he gets traded for, like, whatever, I don't know, aging starting pitcher who the Reds. Well, that's, that's an interesting maybe. question. I mean, he'd be – I think he would actually be good for a Red Sox team. Uh-huh. But are the Red Sox just sort of stockpiling something to, to make their next run with, like, a, an older team? More than likely, he never plays for the Red Sox. Yeah, I think. 
I think sadly there's a good chance of that too. So right, uh, upside for fantasy, uh, he's so far off. <laughs> he's so far off. Um, is worth taking a prospect flyer on. He's not worth drafting, obviously, in any league. Um, <laughs> no, please don't draft him, guys. On our, you're not you're not going to see him for a long time. But if you but um, if you wanted a, if you had a deep prospect bench, is somebody that you I think add, could yeah. be interesting in a few yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, I just want to mention honorable mentions, guys that we didn't cover. Um, O'Neill Cruz and Austin Volpe are the two guys that I would have gone for for Austin. shortstops in the all near Austin future. team. The the all Austin prospect team. Yeah, I um I so but we're we're but the lead is that next week is going to start season six. Are we doing starting pitchers? I think we got to do starting pitchers. Do starting pitchers. Oh. Well. I so I need it because I got to get better at evaluating pitchers. <laughs> so if you if you would be willing to participate in this quest with me, we should. All right, what do you want to do, Cole or Bueller? You call it. Let's do let's do Cole. We should start from the top. Okay, let's start with Cole. We'll do Cole. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.